Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you're a performer, it's a funny thing when you're a center stage because you know that once you've chosen to go down a certain path, you have to commit to it. Welcome to Backstage Chicago. I'm Lisa Fielding with WBBM News Radio. And today we're in the Irving Park neighborhood on Chicago's north side, inside Sway Dance. And today we're talking all about burlesque in Chicago. And I'm joined by three wonderful burlesque performance artists Red Hot Annie. Welcome. Hi there. Hi. And Didi Dupree. Hello. And Darling Sheer. Bonsoir. Bonsoir. <laughs> hello. Hola. We can think of a different ways to say hello. Thanks for joining us today. So I was telling you a little bit before how I decided to kind of talk to you guys about this, um, this art in Chicago. Goes back to a time where I went to a place on the north side called Blue Bayou, and it was Fat Tuesday for Mardi Gras, and apparently I saw Red Hot Annie <laughs> perform on the bar as part of Fat Tuesday. So I loved that. I thought that was wonderful, and I thought, wow, she's got some skills, <laughs> and she's on top of the bar, and everyone's loving her right now. <laughs> then... Fast forward to probably three or four years, there was another place that just opened in Chicago, and they had this huge burlesque show. And I thought, man, I love this art, and now it's really kind of taking off in Chicago. So tell me a little bit about how each of you got involved in this performance art, and we'll go from there. Annie. Um, You know, I actually got started uh, through regular theater, and I wanted an opportunity to make my own work, to completely curate my own work, to make my own costumes, and have something that I could visit over and over again over the course of time. And what I loved about burlesque at the time was that I would go to these shows, and um, the women who were producing it and directing it and doing all the tech, and the women who were on stage, um, who were creating all of their costumes and their their own um, choreography and everything, it just drew me into the sisterhood and so when I found burlesque I I felt like I found my people Um, and that's what really drew me into burlesque and you said you hadn't had any dance training no I didn't and you started at the ripe old age of 27 which isn't old at all but (laughs) well for a dancer that is kind of old yeah Yeah. and um you know I didn't I considered myself somebody with two left feet at the time and so um learning how to dance through the Art of burlesque um, was really a dream come true for me because as a child, I would have loved to have taken dance classes. I would have loved for my parents to have seen that artistic part of me and encouraged it. And burlesque gave me that outlet. Never too late. Never too late. You're a perfect example. (laughs) Now, darling, you have classical dance 
in your blood. Tell me a little bit about how you began as a dancer and kind of how it evolved into this performance art. Um, I started dancing, uh, well, it's, it's two parts to that. I started dancing um, without training, I think at the age of like 10 or, I mean, 11 or 12. And um, I remember performing at a talent show and all of my friends were like, we didn't know that you could dance. And then they were like, where do you take dance class at? And I was like, well, I don't. And they were like, well, this is crazy. And so then the, it really, like, I, re- I guess I really, like, stood out because the uh, faculty at my middle school, they um, ended up having a conversation with my uh, grandparents, who I was living with at the time. And um, they wanted me to go to a performing arts high school. And so I found that out. Like I think my in my yeah my eighth grade year and then it was just like so y'all have been like plotting this for years now, <laughs> and so then that's when I got my formal training which was in high school, and um, yeah I just you know, it was just I feel like I'm all, right now like I feel like I'm often bad with words and so like it's easier for me to express through movement and. Um, and then just my journey through with dance uh, helped me to come to understand that movement is a part of life. And um, and so it's like, OK, this is like this just feels right. So then um, cut to me like graduating from high school and I started working with uh, this dance company called Glow ATL. Uh, and um, we were doing this crazy like. They, they would do a lot of, like, immersive uh, performances, site-specific stuff. And so we were, uh, we had this big performance that was with the Rialto. It started off at the Rialto, which is a well-known um, concert. And, Juliet. Uh, yeah. And then it uh, traveled to the Woodruff, Woodruff Park, which is kind of, like, in the downtown, like, area. And um, it was this, like, performance, parade, procession-like thing. And during that performance, there were a, uh, um, a lot of, like, character actors that were, like, uh, we kind of created this town. And one of the actors, her name was Pinky Shear, we um, ended up, like, making, you know, having conversation and, like, uh, just, like, fell in love with each other. And so she was like, well, I do burlesque, and um, you should come, like, check it out. We, you know, I think you would enjoy it. And I was like, all right. So... Uh, I started to uh, work with her, and then that she became my burlesque mother, and then that was the uh, what got me into the world of burlesque. And then I think my first my first burlesque performance actually um, was at the High Museum, which is like um, the MCA, uh, but for Atlanta. And uh, we I did a recreation of um, Chocolat, which is um, uh, it's a dance that Gene Kelly does in American in Paris. And it's like this, and the whole thing was that there was like a big Toulouse-Lautrec exhibit that was happening at the museum. And so they hired them to come in and like recreate different like things. Um, and so 
That was, yeah, that's my beginning. Wow. That's very <laughs> cool. Very cool. Did you pre? Tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got oh, into this business. Mine's not that cool. I'm a little <laughs> sad now. Um, but so I didn't have any dance training, but I was always an actress. Like I was always a big theater nerd back in high school, always on stage. I can tell. And, <laughs> yeah. and um, I was looking for an outlet to be able to perform and I didn't quite feel like theater in Chicago was accepting me in the way that I wanted and um and I just happened to see an ad by Red Hot Annie looking for <laughs> someone to help out with the shows um they call it stage kittening which is when you come and to clear the clothes off the stage and set up props and um do all the things like a stage hand would do and so I started off um just as a stage hand and from there worked my way into classes worked my way into um kind of performing in a sort of JV squad where we just kind of learn the basics of movement and dance and performance and putting yourself out there. Um, The basics of making yourself watchable and how to create a presence on stage and um, which was invaluable. It was, that was one of the best times of my life. It was so much fun. And um, when JV disbanded, uh, I was like, well, I think this is probably my sign. I think it's time for me to actually start branching out on my own. So uh, so I began doing uh, my own solo performances uh, probably about three or four years ago. And so I've just been um, going around Chicago, uh, taking my clothes off wherever they let me. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words, right? <laughs> but it's much more than that, of course. Uh, let's talk about how would you describe burlesque to someone who maybe, they know the word but really don't know what it is. I think it's an upper interpretation between all of you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think, think so. The one thing that people don't know, I think people don't know and people don't realize is that there's a lot of satire mm-hmm. in burlesque. Um, and it's, and 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 there's but and it's very yeah it is very multifaceted um how because of like the place that it's lumped into with like exotic dance but it's so much more than that um it's it yeah it has these really beautiful theatrical components um these really great um comical components and i feel like it's like the perfect melding of like the two um where you can go like super vamp very sexy but even within that there still is this like like there's still layers yeah there's still ways to um to create something that's wholly unique and wholly the person like they don't have to pretend to be josephine baker on stage they can be you know groucho marx if they want and still be sexy and um and really create whatever it is that they feel most speaks to them and then have that speak to an audience and i think that's really cool I would definitely say that part of what I love about burlesque is that it's celebrating uh, what I would consider to be women's sexuality, um, because so often in our culture we're taught that sexy if sexy is if I say this, if I do this, if I wear this, then that person will find it sexy, and burlesque is really aiming to put the artist in the driver's uh, seat, and when the artists are predominantly women and the show is produced predominantly by women, then you have a really different flavor of um, what sexuality can be because women have a very wide and eclectic taste when it comes to sex and sexuality. And so for us, it might be great to have like a wonderful lacy lingerie piece, but it also might be really liberating to have like a rubber chicken that you pull out of your crotch. (laughs) (laughs) So that that sense of liberation to me is 
at the core of what burlesque is. I would have to agree with the evolution of this art as well. And I think the biggest thing I got of it when I learned more about it was body positivity. Mm-hmm. When you think of strip tease, you think of, you know, the men's clubs and things like that. And more often than not, the women that do that sometimes don't look like a normal woman. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this like unattainable species yeah. to look like. And I remember seeing, you know, one of you on stage and thinking, that's what I look like. I should be confident enough to do what she does. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest message you guys send. Mm-hmm. You agree? That's, okay. been, that's been a big thing for me because I, as a plus size performer, I get so many women, usually women, who come up to me after the shows and are like, oh, you were so inspiring. It was so amazing to see you on stage doing what you do. And, you know, and you looked so beautiful and it was so wonderful. And I was like, anyone can do it. You know, you have to feel confident in yourself that, um, you know, you don't have to be the perfect size two. You don't have to be a double D cup. You can get up there in however you are in whatever place, whatever gender, whatever anything, and just sort of be seen and be seen for you. And um, I think Chicago is really unique in that because I think some other burlesque communities in other cities and other states um, aren't quite as body positive as Chicago is. Um, Chicago really has a lot of plus sized performers, a lot of body positivity, and you go somewhere else and it might be more conventionally attractive women. And so that's what I really love about the Chicago burlesque. Conventionally attractive. (laughs) let's not even use plus size you yeah. know because yeah. this is our size the average you know person is not what you see on television or in exactly. the model i mean think about let's talk about the history sally rand even marilyn monroe they were all like size 16s and ups you know and that was normal and you know it's really society's really you know just crushed that and i hope we can i think you all help get back to what we should be more healthy as women, as men, as gender identity, whatever, to feeling good about ourselves no matter what size we are. And I don't know, I feel really strongly about that. Mm-hmm. And when I hear plus, I think there shouldn't be plus. <laughs> we just who we are who we are. Mm-hmm. And you guys are great examples of that. Yeah, it's an, I it's yeah, it's interesting like with that the because um I so I worked in fashion for a while mm-hmm. and um one of the things that I would like have a lot of conversation with people about, you know, folks that always, you know, ask me, you know, it's like, especially for like couture shows, um, they're like, you know, why are these outfits so expensive? And then it's like, and the models are always so thin and whatnot. And then it's just like, well, this is a two part question to that because um, it's like, it is a trade show. You know, it's like it, people forget about that. It's been blown up into this like big thing, but at the end of the day, it is a trade show. So people can like come and purchase things. And, um, one of those things was because of cost of things. And so you are having garments that are being made where the starting off price for just the uncut fabric is, you know, your average couture gown is starting off at like $500 a yard. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's not even talking about the more like extravagant, like designers who like, you know, back in the day you're, um, Galeanos and I mean also like Dior you know back in the day when he you know the fact that he did the new look and you know was using all that fabric and like that you know those are the things so like that's a part of like this thing of like 
slenderness, like, ha- like to save money. It was because of saving <laughs> uh, money. It's done um, more damage than only. You think, but you know? the thing is, only women have to be slender. Yeah, we got to save the money on the women's clothes. Right, mm. right, <laughs> right. But I, I just think that's wonderful. And when I see you guys perform, I think of that right away. And I think you mentioned that some of your audience comes up to you and says, mm. "Do you get a lot of like, thank you." You had a great, I feel better about myself now. Maybe I could do that, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. Tell me about your experiences with your audiences. Yeah, I mean, the main thing is, is that I think a lot of people come into the show not totally sure what to expect. Like maybe they have a little bit of a picture of, you know, pussycat dolls or Dita Von Tees or sort of these certain things. But once you actually see a show, and like Dee is saying, really especially in Chicago, when you see a show and you see people up on stage who are representative of you, it is it moves you, it changes you. And I think people can't help but to express that verbally. Like, you made a difference in my world. You've changed what I think is possible for me. And I think that's huge. We all have insecurities. I mean, especially. And something like that really can liberate you on a daily basis, I think. Let's talk a little bit about the history of burlesque. I mean, we were talking about Sally Rand and the fan dances and things like that. And it was really popular, I think, around the 20th, or the, yeah, around the 19th century. And then I would say about 15 years ago, I thought I saw this resurgence in Chicago. And I don't know if I'm right with the historical, you know, I saw it kind of popping up everywhere and saw really cool shows. Um, When did it really take off again here in Chicago? And you found that more cabarets, more clubs, more people were saying, hey, we need to get in on this. When did burlesque come out? Yeah, I mean, it was burlesque. It was when burlesque, the movie came out. It was like 20, oh, with Sharon, it was about 2011. Uh, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, oh, right. 2010, 2011. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I opened my studio right before that uh, burlesque movie came out. And then people were like, oh my gosh, I want to learn burlesque. So... And we're in a dance studio. Are there lessons? Yes, I teach Speaking classes of? here every Tuesday. Okay, mm-hmm. tell me what you need to know or what you don't need to know. Can anyone learn burlesque? Yes, anyone can learn burlesque. Um, and in fact, um, I do burlesque parties. So um, what people will do is they'll invite their closest you know, friends. Um, sometimes there's even, you know, teenage teenagers who are learning to love their bodies. So everybody comes and you, you wear whatever you're comfortable wearing and we put some music on and then you just tap into that part of you that already knows what is sexy, already knows how to connect to other people. And you allow that part to uh, manifest through your beautiful physical body. And... Is there any type of style that you each have that you can describe, like a typical performance? I would say my style is sort of playful and pretty, but a little bit, uh, I don't know, I guess tongue-in-cheek and yeah, satirical. Um, for me, I go, I oscillate between um, like... The facets of uh, Selena Kyle and Catwoman, specifically mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer's. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's um, a difference. Very specific. There's, yes. there's a difference. Are you Eartha Kitt um, or are you? <laughs> no, it's definitely Michelle Pfeiffer's. Okay. I lick people's faces. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have to see this show. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. <laughs> uh, and then I, I've been trying to get more silly. I feel like there was. Um, There was there was a lot. I would get a lot of um, feedback from people who were like, "I was scared to come and talk to you," which uh, you know just happens being you know being on the stage. But I feel like, especially when you're doing the more 
like super sexy vamped up stuff like people become really intimidated and I was like well I don't want to like you know isolate folks because it's like I love to like give people hugs and you know and so um, and so like people's faces. <laughs> now, did COVID put a, put a, put a damper on that? that well, that was definitely the thing. When I was like, okay, a little, when I be able to start thing. licking people's faces again, and I remember it was it was it was uh, July eleventh was when I licked my first face. <laughs> twenty twenty one, July eleventh. You remember that? I do. Okay, so I you- do. <laughs> And did the person receive that well? Oh, they loved it. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right, we're at thing. that point. Yeah. That's, a good, that's a good uh, benchmark. The audience will usually mm. be really involved. If you come into the audience and try to bring them into whatever it is you're doing, they will usually, they're 100% behind it. And yep. they will go along with whatever it is that you're doing it's most so of the time. True. They love it. Well, um, part of burlesque is very intimate. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... I'm sitting right next to you like I am right now when you're performing. Yeah. So the intimacy, you can't help but not be part of it, right? True. As an audience member. Yeah, that's true. Any yeah. crazy stories other than, I think you've topped that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Any other crazy stories that, you, that come to mind? Oh, I think if, you, if we had long enough, I think we I, could all have, uh, we all have quite a few crazy stories. like to share right now? Anything come to mind? Oh, gosh. Did you go home and say, wow, that was a crazy story (laughs) um one of my favorite shows was this wonderful live band show and it was a valentine's day show and i had at the last second made my costume because that's what you do as a burlesque artist Mm -hmm. sometimes and i had found those little tiny uh valentine's day heart boxes that hold the chocolates in it and i'd taken the tops of the boxes and made a little bra you know two little hearts and then i I had actually made a panty that was like a fully functional chocolate box where I take the lid off and then I take a chocolate out of my little chocolate box and I take a little bite of it and it was like a chocolate covered cherry. So all of the juice just, and I didn't have anything on except for my little uh, Valentine's Day box bra. And so it splashes all over my face. It dribbles down my chin and then I... And then I hit, I ate the chocolate, and then I gave my fingers to someone in the audience. And my and even as you're doing it, when you're a performer, it's a funny thing when you're a center stage because you know that once you've chosen to go down a certain path, oh, yeah. you have to commit to it. Yeah. You do. So your fingers go towards the audience, and you're like, oh my gosh, what if they're like, no way, I don't want to lick your fingers. Unfortunately, it was someone I knew. Okay. And afterwards, I was like, okay, was that super awkward? And and she was like, no, it was fine. I loved it. Well, see, so you made you know a good. Situation situation out of a malfunction what a, it was a wardrobe malfunction yeah it was kind of a mal- it was like you know everybody saw it happen they saw me get all juicy and then Whoa. it was like of course they want to be like helpful now you have to integrate that into every time right yeah oh yes i like it well i mean being center stage you are like uh, it really is goddess energy because you are really standing there like letting everybody take you in and watch you and um again because of the way that our culture works we don't have a lot of language around what that looks like for a woman to be center stage and like the the focal point of adoration we don't have enough language about that and so we don't realize how much power she actually has standing there on center stage and that we do all actually really want to support her and yeah lick her fingers clean (laughs) (laughs) so do you guys come up with your own ideas obviously and do you kind of change it up with every show or depending how the audience reacts you know some places there's um There's a place, and like sometimes I'll get uh, called the Drifter, uh, which is at the uh, Green Tavern, Green Door Tavern. Green Door Tavern. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. And um, 
I've been performing there for five years now, which I'm like, wow, when did where did that time go? Oh yeah, <laughs> and um, we sometimes I'll uh, I've gotten some feedback from like the person who like uh, does the curation of the show, and they've been like, you do a lot of slow pieces here, and it's like you know, can you do something a little bit more like up tempo? But the sta- I'm in my stocking feet. I'm five nine. Once I put on heels, I'm like six. Three. Wonderful. And then sometimes, <laughs> yeah. like, if I have my fans, that's an, you know, additional, like, wingspan. <laughs> and the space is small, yeah. and the stage is not that big. And so, like, I love performing there, but also, too, it's like, I can't do anything <laughs> because it, it is that thing of where it's just, like, the audience is literally, like, right at the bottom I'll of your like feet. Hit, hitting them with your I'll fans hit, or something. Yeah, I'll, I might kick someone. I could fall off the stage or so many things. So, it like, you have to shift things from space to space. We've we've all been through the you know places of being like oh you know where's the dressing room is the bathroom okay where's the stage that's the stage oh yeah. okay you have um, this wall <laughs> <laughs> to change costumes <laughs> behind hopefully nobody will come back and <laughs> peek yeah. on you or like yeah, are you gonna done. mop that first yeah oh, oh, oh yeah oh, man. The, oh. The stories I'm sure you guys <laughs> could tell about the <laughs> venues you've yeah. been performing in a stage it's about five feet wide wow. and about maybe six feet across and having to make sure that all those elaborate dance moves that you came up with are going to fit into this tiny space and all yeah. of a sudden you're like oh no um tiny steps tiny steps <sighs> tiny tiny movements <laughs> and <laughs> it's just, um, but I think it is important to have like a range of acts f- just for that reason. Like my style, I think, is more sort of um, sultry, but it vacillates between high energy and slower and sexier. Um, but it's always pretty sultry, and so like I have my high energy, you know, fun dance that. Uh, will take me across the stage and fill a room. If I'm in a big room, then I have something I can move around. And I have my slower sultry where I'm mostly in a chair and most of my movement is centered around a chair. It's good for a small space. It's good for, you know, that. And so I think every burlesque dancer kind of has a little repertoire of things that they can pull out and be like, okay, this is my space, this is what I'm working with, and this is what I'm feeling today. Let me just see what I have, which, which performer I'm going to be today. And that's great for the audience too. Because yeah. you never know what you're going to get, right? Mm-hmm. Especially no. with you. Oh, okay. I think my favorite act, other than like licking people, is um, I, a few years ago, I was um, just like, it was, you know, Christmas music going. And um, I I love like really fun like remixes. And so there's this really cute remix of Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag. Mm. And... Um, I, we have been working in nightlife for a long time, and um, we're familiar with some of the recreational things that people partake in to be able to uh, make it through the evening. Okay. And so um, we developed this act where um, I'm, it's yeah, where it's to everyone's waiting for the man with the bag, where I have a bag full of quote unquote, uh, I'm doing air, air signs, uh, air quotes, cocaine, uh. and I'm putting it on, like, every surface and, like, doing, like, huge rails just, like, <laughs> off of everything. And the piece just gets more and more cracked out until I'm, like, jittery at the end and then I, like, fall on the floor and everyone 
loves it. This is hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, imagine that right now. So do hilarious. you still do that? What? I, I just did it a few weeks ago. Okay. A few, like, yeah, I did it a few months ago. Wow. It's the drifter. Amazing. It was <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to touch on really quick. We talked about COVID and everything. But during that time, you guys were sidelined. And I know a lot of you turned to virtual and like in person and kind of for hire. Um, what have you found coming back now? Are people just really anxious to be in person and, you know, have their face licked or whatever it is? You know what I'm <laughs> it sounds crazy. But I'm just saying, like, are people hungry for that in person again? And I'm sure you guys oh, can yeah. all remember the, the first time you were back after oh, 18 yeah. months or even two years, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. So kind of share that kind of experience over the last couple of years and how. I, I did a couple of virtual shows during the lockdown and just recording an act, just me and a camera was a strange experience. It was definitely worlds different than having a, an appreciative audience in front of you and trying to bring that same energy to a camera was difficult. And so um, I think my first live performance coming back was just last October um, and but the, the there was so much energy and so much goodwill and everyone was just so happy to be in a space with other people again and so happy to be supporting the artists on stage. Like it was just such a great crowd and people were screaming and cheering and, you know, throwing dollar bills. And <laughs> nice. just, you know, really, I think everyone's just been thirsty for not only connection with other people, but connection from the energy that an artist brings when they're on stage. And um, so coming back to that has been like, coming home for me yeah. <laughs> it's been real it's been a really great experience and people are coming to the shows again definitely great. yeah we're selling out well, a couple of the shows that i've been in i think they've all sold out Beautiful. they've been yeah and uh they've had to do some some of them had to do virtual components where they're also streaming just to make sure that everyone who wants to see the show can see it and um yeah everyone everyone really wants it <laughs> are these your full-time jobs or do you have other things that you do I have a, a real full-time okay. job. And you do this, this kind of at night and the weekends and things like yeah, that. Yeah, it's mostly But it takes a lot me. of time probably off it the does. clock to really be creative and figure out the crazy things that you do. <laughs> <laughs> How do you wake up one night and say, I think I'm going to fake snorting cocaine? <laughs> like, How does that come to your brain? I, well, I... Um, I work a lot in, um, I've been, you know, working a lot in, uh, clubs and things for, I mean, and that's kind of like a part of it, yeah. you know? Um, and, um, and so that's just, you know, one of those things that's like a part of club culture, you know, yeah. the <laughs> recreational things. And so you, um, and it, that's the, and that, I think that was the thing too, that was even more funny about that act is because my friends know I hate cocaine so much <laughs> i literally just posted something about it on my instagram um and and it's more so because i'm naturally like i get like i get why people do it it helps them like stay up but i'm naturally up naturally and so like that's the thing that <laughs> like thing. i'm like i can't i'm like y'all like i, I really life. don't want to do it because like i'm all, it like just makes me more up and then i'm like why why am i this up <laughs> okay, people say that about me too. <laughs> but it's also just making fun of the crazy things that happen. Yeah, yeah nothing's life. off limits. Exactly, nothing's off limits. It's a great life. show. It's a great motto, mm-hmm. right? Okay. On that note, tell me where we all can work. Tell us the audience where we can find you guys. Now I want to see all of your performances. <laughs> well, I'm predominantly teaching burlesque parties okay. or okay. throwing burlesque parties, okay. um, which I usually do here at Sway, and um, that's mostly my focus right now. So unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
the days of the Tupperware parties are long gone. They're long gone. Mm-hmm. We must do burlesque parties. Now burlesque parties. For sure. Yeah, so you close up with your I friends. I love it. In but the privacy you, of your own home. But you <laughs> did do a lot of performance around yes. Chicago. Yeah, and I still and I still do do a lot of pr- private performances. I love to pop out of a cake at Grandpa's, you know, 80th <laughs> birthday party. That's like one of my favorite things to do. Oh, or to break the ice, you know, at your like fun basement party. I totally love to <laughs> be that person who's like weaving in between people's feet to dance that that's yeah. my idea of a good time. Um, awesome. But yeah, mostly I'm, I'm focused on, yeah. you know, on the parties and just, uh, you know, reminding women of how powerful and strong we are and how we deserve to be in the leadership positions that we're in. Great. And, and word of continue. mouth, right? Absolutely. Like this can find out something yep. like that. Absolutely. That's so unique and fun. Okay. What about you? Um, for me, I, yeah, I perform all over. I have, I'm going to be performing with the Fly Honeys um, with, at Tal- uh, Talia Hall on June 23rd through the 25th. Um, I'm also in another show uh, called, um, I think it's called, and that's what I call Grelly. Um, uh, and it's going to be at uh, the a Hideout Inn. And that's mm-hmm. every Tuesday in April. Um, and then the third Friday and Saturday of April. Um, okay. And this is a very interesting show. Um, it pays homage to... Um, actresses from like the 70s through the 90s and there's uh, different vignettes that um, recreate scenes from film and like uh, clips from like interviews and things and but it's done it's taken very seriously which makes it so hilarious (laughs) and the this might get bleeped out but like I'm constantly being like we are shittiots because it's just so it's just you're like stuff that you're not expecting, and then you're just like, "What did I just see?" And then you're just like butt gusting, like on the floor in tears, laughter. Great. So yeah, <laughs> what a great tease. That's great. Speaking of, so I'm in the middle of developing a new act, so I don't have a performance coming up right away. But uh, if people want to follow me on Instagram, I'm dd dupree, and I always. Uh, uh, post about upcoming shows. I post about uh, friends' exhibits and works. And so, uh, if you follow me, Dee Dee Dupree, Dee Dupree on Instagram, then you will definitely find out where I'm performing next. And how many of you you think are in Chicago that do this? Would you? Ex- oh, oh, over there's, a hundred. There's definitely yeah, over a hundred. Well, more than that, I'm thinking. Yeah, more than hundred. There's still people yeah. that I'm like I've been doing burlesque in Chicago for ten years, and I started actually with this lovely being to my yeah when I first moved when I first moved back um I was looking for like places to go and the two names that like kept coming up was Annie and then Michelle Lamore mm-hmm. and um I ended up going uh to Annie's uh exit yeah, exit. <laughs> exit the punk rock bar. Mm-hmm. And, I, and oh, yeah, there's exit. a picture mm-hmm. of us. Um, I still have that picture of mm-hmm. us, of, like the first night that we met. And um, and and then, yeah, I was like, I was like, yeah, scooching with Vod, Vodzilla for like, I, probably like five years. Yeah, yeah. a long time. Wow. Yeah. Well, you guys are delightful. And I can't <laughs> wait to see all of your, your shows. And I think uh, people, if they want a unique... Night out and escape. This is the way to go. Mm-hmm. I'm the big advocate. Thanks so much for joining me today. We have Red Hot Annie, and we have Darling Sheer, and we have Didi Dupree. Thank you so much for joining. Thank, Thank you, you for Chicago. This. Thank you. 
Coming up next week on Backstage Chicago, it's considered the premier sci-fi fantasy production company in North America, and it's tucked away inside a storefront in Wrigleyville. Walk into the Otherworld Theater, and you're literally transported to another world. A storefront that houses two stages, a bar, a dragon head, and other oddities. We sit down with the company's founder, and we talk about the latest immersive sci-fi whodunit, the new improv show, how live-action role-playing is taking off, and how their mission is to unite gamers and theater nerds everywhere. Listen to the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 